When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Can we talk about our first-generation migrant parents? What do you want to talk about? Well, how they came here for a better life, but haven't actually changed. So in what way do you say that they haven't changed? Well, for one... Hi, and welcome back to another great episode. Okay, so you're probably wondering from the intro, this is not like our usual episodes. Now don't get me wrong, we do love our food here at No Such Nonsense, but there's a lot of nonsense going around in the world today. So we want to try something different. Don't worry, we'll be back to our normal episode next week. We want to give this a go, and we hope you enjoy it. The thing is though, there were so many topics to discuss, we couldn't all agree on one. So what we did was, we came up with some topics, we put them in the hat, as you do. And guess who won the draw? Yep, good old Niz. Unless you cheated, Niz. No, so fair and square. Right, so Niz, since you're the winner, why don't you tell the audience what uh, your topic was? I wanted to discuss our parents, who were the first migrants to this country. They came here for a better life and in turn, I would assume a better life for their children. But I feel like they have fallen very far short of a better life for their children. Mm, Interesting. What made you come up with this topic in particular? Well, there's so much negativity that I see in our community, particularly Pakistani Asian community. I see forced marriages. I see depression, I see uh, medical illnesses. It's not the better life they were hoping for. So does that mean that the first generation are the people that actually are born in this country, i.e. England? Well, it all depends on how you describe them. So if we say first generation migrant, then that actually refers to our parents, so the non-British-born individuals who came here, that's our parents. If you were, if you say first-born, then that's the first generation because we, we were born here as British citizens. Right, I hear you, Niz, but I still don't get this first-generation and second-generation immigrants. Are you trying to say we're second-generation immigrants? Yeah. After checking online... Uh, first-generation migrant are our parents because they migrated over. Right. Second generation is those who were born here. But it's a second-generation migrants because we didn't migrate from nowhere. We were born no, here. No, we were born here. But they we are classed as second-generation migrants because we were born to the first generation. Yeah, not sure. So let's say, so let's say if if someone came over, so if someone came over seventy years ago, their first generation. And if someone came over now, they're still first generation, even though it's 30 years later. I get the concept and I get the terminology, but I don't think it sits right with me because I see myself as British born. Uh, I, I see myself as British as the next British person that was yeah. born here. You know, I class, I class myself as British went, Pakistani. Yeah, went to these schools, similar meals, similar culture we grew up in. So 
I do class myself as a British Pakistani, Pakistani only because of my parents, obviously, uh, coming from there. But I suppose I can understand it, but I'm not sure if I entirely agree with it. Unfortunately, that's the way I read it online, and uh, that's the way we'll stick to it in this episode, just so it doesn't confuse people. Cool. So go on then, Niz. What's one of your issues with the first generation migrants? Issues, yes, definitely. Uh, well, what is it with honour? Oh God, he's going there, going straight for the juggler. Didn't even warm up, did he? Well, to the point. There's there's the extreme side of it, and then there's the more calmer side of it. But yeah, let's go for the jugular. What is it with honour killings? But is that happening in the UK though? Is that more of a, a sub-Indian continent issue? I've I've heard a couple of stories here where the brothers actually killed their sisters because she was about to marry someone that the family didn't agree to. Right. Well, were the brothers first generation migrants, though? Or were they born and no, bred here? they were born and bred here, so they were the second generation. That makes you think, so how can we blame the first generation for that? Just to play devil's advocate? Um... I would say, is it due to brainwashing or someone's forced opinion? Yeah, I think, I think I'd agree with you there. Because one thing that you will hear from a family, or when you're within that family, is izzat, which is, which is honour. You know, or yeah. they use the term nak meaning you've cut off our nose. Oh God! You've, sh- you've shamed us. You've shamed us so many times. I've heard that term so many times, and to be honest with you, I have not seen a single person with their nose cut off. So I don't know where they get that one from. That is a very good point. But then also the biggest point here as well is, you want to maintain honor by destroying someone's dreams, wishes, because you want to look good in front of someone else who isn't related to you, isn't going to support you, but yet you're going to make someone's life a hell just so that you look like some kind of special family. That someone is usually their own children, isn't it? Let's be real. Well, when I'm saying someone, I mean you're trying to maintain this image for someone outside of your family. Yeah. And to your point earlier, I don't... I don't really think it's so much brainwashing. I'm sure there's an element of that. I think it's more emotional blackmail. That's more precise from what I've seen. Yeah, well, in an Asian family's childhood, as you grow up, you're told all the time, behave yourself, stand like this, don't say this. You know, you're doing my best. The Or if the kids start shouting, the neighbours are listening. There's, there, there's courtesy in being quiet so that you're not disturbing your neighbours. But there's a difference when you're saying it, you're just trying to show off. The first generation migrants came to this country. Maybe they thought that we must acknowledge the concept of that the West has invited us in. So we should appreciate the matter. And they put the family members secondary. So their name becomes more important than their own heritage, their own family. That's how I look at it. I agree with you there somewhat. I do actually believe there was a change in the tide. So I believe around the 1990s up to 2000, people were, I hate this term as well, but I can't find any other term where there's this term going around, which is, oh, they're modern. And it's a derogatory term. So what do you mean by modern and how is it derogatory? What I mean by modern is uh, girls or, or boys today, they don't do exactly what their parents want. So fulfilling their parents' wishes and desires, they will work, they will do jobs they want, get married to who they want. They will live pretty much their life and they call them modern. And it's derogatory because... That's the way they try to insult families. Well, you mean being normal in today's standards, today's day and age, is used as a derogatory term? 
Yeah, you have to be careful there. You mean being normal here in England, but it's not normal in Pakistan. So this is where we're having a culture clash. This is why I said before, because there's still such an influx of immigration, that culture is still being embedded here. And it's when those new migrants come over, they're the ones who say, oh, you've got a modern family. And in a way, it is an insult. But don't you think even places like Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, they're moving on from what they were before? Like they are sort of moving with the times a little bit. Like girls, females in Pakistan, rarely drove cars, worked in offices. They do that a lot more now. Not as many as in the UK. And it's still seen, they look down upon that. So yeah, women's rights are getting better in these countries but slowly. But those women's rights all already exist here in this country. So who's using it as a derogatory term? Is it first generation? Or is it just anyone who's migrating? Remember, so first generation is anybody who's migrated here. First generation recently, and recently I mean within the last 10 years. So last 10, 20, 15 years in that time frame, they've come here and they've seen that People have changed and they don't like it. They want it to be where they've just come from. So they use the term, oh, so you're a modern family, are you? Yeah, I've actually heard it in that context using, yeah, where they try to sort of use it as a, as a diss almost, like, oh, you're one of those yeah. modern ones. And you know what? They also use that in um, the marriage proposals as well when they go to people's houses to ask for the girl's hand in marriage or the boy's hand in marriage, they say to them, oh, and, you know, a good child always listens to their parents. You know, this is how it is in Pakistan. This is how we, how we live. And it's like another set of blackmail on the family to force their child to get married because somehow the outside world is going to see them as... Um, Disobedient. A modern family. Yeah, no, I get it. Makes well, doesn't make sense, but I understand what you, where, why they use that term, uh, in that sort of uh, manner. Yeah, what bamboozles me is, um, this first generation came over as migrants. You know, the Brits they needed the workforce, they needed people to work factories, etc. So people have come here for a better life, make more money, right? So they're in a better status than people as we refer back home, so be it India, or Pakistan, Bangladesh, Kashmir. But yet, you'd think the first generation here would wield more power, more authority, but it seems like their relatives back home, as we said, seem to wield more power over them. Yeah, They're trying to, to your point, they're trying to please them, like they need their approval. Yeah, it's bizarre. and it's, it's through blackmail again. Again, it's, it's look, you've you've had your chance to go abroad you need to help us out you know are you you're, you're you're forgetting your cultural heritage well not all of our culture is is great there's dark sides to our culture which i thought we'd left behind but again when more and more people turned up and the community became less mixed so initially we had a good mix of cultures in our area but then after 2000, people who weren't of Pakistani origin just seemed to be getting pushed out. And more and more people from with the Pakistani background were coming to the community in the area. And they were just enforcing a culture that they just, they just left it in Pakistan. But they didn't leave it there. They brought it with them and made it more worse. Don't personally have any experience on this matter. Because uh, from my own experience, my own family is a mix of uh, culture. My uh, dad, he's from uh, Kenya, Africa. Uh, my mum is from uh, Burma. Well, that's, it. That, that's interesting. So I think you've had parents who've experienced different cultures, so they know how to adapt and move forward. But for me personally, I just saw it bed down even further after 2000 and it just seemed to get worse.
Yeah, so on that news, uh, speaking about the new generation, floodgates opening, you know, more migrants coming over. The new generation of immigrant is a lot more willing to adapt to modern British uh, lifestyle. So much so that it's actually quite hard to spot an immigrant. Not being funny, but back in the day, we used to call them freshies. Saying the word freshie, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Because um, to be honest, when I was young and I used to go to Pakistan, they never considered me as Pakistani, even though English people in the UK were calling me the four-letter word, uh, minus the Stani, if you catch my drift. When you go there, they don't think of you Pakistani. They were like, you're an Englandy or you're an outsider. You know, you're from outside. So this is how London. we should be. Yeah, Englandy. They've got loads of nicknames. So when we're saying freshy, that's what how we used to describe them. They're fresh in the country so we used to call them freshies we always have but the difference is the new freshies they're, they're really hard to spot to be honest they, they really are and, I, and i'll tell you a true story so i used to work uh nights at a warehouse uh and i remember um i'm into boxing and boxing comes on really late so it must have been like 2 a.m and there was a young guy there was two of them young lads who i thought were british born and bred because they had, you know, the, the dress. They were dressed like young British Asian kids wore. They had the trainers, the haircuts, chains, you know. The, even when he spoke, he was checking the, uh, flicking through the channels. And I said to him, I said, uh, are you uh, looking for the boxing? Because I don't think it's on. I think it's on Sky Sports. It won't be on TV. And he was like, yeah, obviously I'm looking. And he said it in a almost English, British, American strange accent so it wasn't you remember like back in the day the accent was very strong it's very like da, 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 you know t's and yeah. p's it was really strong so you know he said it in that way and i thought all right i'll go you know i'm gonna speak to this young lad he's in his early 20s and i thought i'll ask him where he's from and you know so he sat down next to me and he sat down to his other mate and swear down when they started speaking they started to sound like uncle jesus or like he was like Oh, insan ko badi struggle kani pati hai. Ye karna hai, wo karna hai. It's like no 20-something-year-old would uh, in the UK would speak in that way. So you could just tell that he's um, from another country. So I was like, you tricked me. You got me. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's hard to spot him nowadays. But you still come from a different upbringing, you know. So it's not a slander. It's just it's the fact. What's your thoughts, Sol? You're a bit quiet. I was listening to the um, story or the event or however you want to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't think I've personally come across it, like that concept. But yeah. Um, You've never heard the word freshy before? No, I've heard the word freshy. All oh, right. Yeah, so anyone from um, abroad or not. Fresh in the country, basically. Yeah, That's so why they call them, not, yeah. Not, mm, but have you noticed how they've integrated a lot more than like we were talking about the first gen? Yeah, I think I think what they've got the benefit of is one they actually teach English in the schools there now. So previously, mm. they wouldn't send their kids to school. There used to be a thing going around saying, "I don't send my child to school because someday they're going to end up in England anyway." So it was like, it was like, no, this is your kid's education. Mm. Send them to school. Even if they're going to end up in England, they're going to need an education. But, and the other thing is now, you've got TV, you've got WhatsApp, you're learning you've got social English. media. Mm. The world is more connected now than it ever was before. So it's much more easier to gauge the culture of another country and be ready for it. So yeah, I do agree that the people who are migrating over now are a lot more in tune with the culture here. Uh, but with new migrants who are coming now, those jobs really aren't there. So factory working isn't there. When they're coming here now, they're really coming here for the benefits, I believe. Not for the work, for the benefits. Yeah. Niz, have you been hanging out with Nigel Farage? <laughs> I was just about to come to another question to that. Yeah, go on, Sol. Um, which generation had it harder or worse or difficult? 
the migrants of old, that means Generation 1, or the migrants of, obviously now it's Generation 2, like not the ones that are born, but that have just come into the country. Ooh. I'd, I'd, I'd say pretty, for me, I'd say the old, because they got the worst faces and they got it the hardest, yes. uh, in yeah. my opinion. Yes, definitely, yeah. I would agree with that as well. With yeah. To, to be honest, I think the immigrants themselves have changed. So the immigrants of old, they had to band together because racism was very high. You know, they were kind of like the pioneers first to do it. But I think it was, maybe it's a generational thing. They tried to keep the culture, like they were, you know, the motherland culture, they were enforcing that onto their kids. The new generation migrants, some of them are trying to adapt and they're trying to be more British than the Brits are and it's not even working out for them. Oh, I've got... Yes, you remind me of Goodness Gracious Me. Was that what it was called? Oh, that was, that was a, an epic me. show. Yeah, I, I should, good show. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you remember the two families who used to compete being more British than the other? The Kumars. The Coopers. Uh, the Co- or Coopers. Yes. And who yes, the Coopers, yes. What was the other one? I can't remember the other family's I name. The I can't remember, yeah, but the oh, Coopers, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you know one one thing that I didn't like about Goodness Gracious Me? The following seasons, I think they leaned too much on sexualizing it. The first season was great. It was like they really yeah. they really picked the nuances of stereotypes. Stereotypes, yeah. yeah. Really picked up really well. But then Season two, season three, started sexualizing it. And I don't think that at all is our community, our culture at all. I think that's where the aubergine joke comes from. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. That's that's what they're sending the, the Dexter messages today, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. And I think the latest Mr. Khan as well, I think that picks up some good, um, good comical features of the uh, Asian culture. Well, that's... That's the only few shows that we've got on there. Why is that? Well, our parents think it's shameful to become actors or to do drama. They restrict it. They restrict us to doctor. some form of doctor, yes, doctor. desk job. Yeah, lawyer. Where you're going? Where you're going to have a briefcase and have a tie, and you wake up in the morning. Like a nine to five job, isn't it? That's what they and uh, walls of certificates. Certificates, D- yeah, the, yeah. They like their uh, pictures of this of their kid with their degree, whether they get a job in it or not. In this day and age, you're most likely to have a degree and work in McDonald's. Alhamdulillah, in my family, all my siblings have got degrees. I'm the only one that hasn't got a degree, and my father's still not happy because none of them became a doctor, right? It's one of those. You should, you, one of my sisters got a master's, but that's still not good enough. Me, early on, I used to be a bit, um, not embarrassed, but I felt a certain way about not having a degree. But all the jobs I've worked in, I've worked with people with degrees. So it's literally they've gone and done the same. So they've got their degree in whatever, but they're working with me. And I've done it without a degree. So that just gave me more confidence. And it just shows that you know, there's not really that much value in degrees anymore. I think, I think it's just because here a child has the right to an education. So up to the age of 16, you have the right to an education. Whether you want to go into college is up to you. And then if you want to go into university. Now, early on in 2000, university was free. So what did all Asian parents want? We want you to go to university. And it was a big thing as well. Um, Yes, my son has this degree. But no one ever asked, what job are they in? Oh, they've got a degree, but what job are they doing? But it's a bragging status, isn't it? Exactly. One of the the honoured things again. Well, that was then. I don't think it works in, in this day and age. So what they envision, this is the first gen, get a good office job, right? Work there until you retire and get a pension. You know, work your way up, be a good worker. It's well, not it's not realistic anymore. It's not how the world works. 
you're right there. That's what, but they got that idea from back home for them. If you got a state job, you was cozy for life. You had a good paying job and you had a pension. But it's very hard to get it. When that was available here, they wanted their kids to get it. But what they didn't realize, that's not the only thing available here. There is so much more. There's a bigger opportunity. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest downfalls of first-gen uh, migrants is their refusal to adapt to change. They're just stuck in their ways. So if you're educated, doctor, lawyer, businessman, if you're not factory worker, restaurant worker, taxi driver, like that, you know, they're the sort of industries we dominate or open up a shop or takeaway. But we can't enter the creative industry, which is, as we said, you know, why is there such a limited representation of Asian people? And you cannot put it down to racism all the time. You need to look at other reasons as well. Yeah, there is racism. Yeah, based on the colour of your skin, you won't get certain things. If within your own community, you're not allowing those people to step forward, then you can't blame others forget own communities your own family they don't support that do they no no if you told your parents i'm gonna do drama it was like you're gonna do my bestie astaghfirullah haram yeah. haram yes but look at look look at citizen khan you know he i think he's represented perfect example actually he just reminded me east is east you know that was such a comical film such a great representation of what an Asian father wants from their kids obedience, complete obedience, not respect, obedience. If I tell you to do something, you have to do it regardless, whether you like it or not. To be honest, I think we've got a few, or I know of one, um, actors that's quite predominant in, in the silver screen, should we say? Anyone know of Riz Ahmed? Yeah, yeah, Four Lines, uh, I know him from, yeah. 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 The, yeah, you had to pick that film, didn't you? Out of every every film you could, all the films you could pick, you picked four lines. Nice yeah, one. Yeah. I, I, I it's your favorite. This why line four. <laughs> Let the world know. <laughs> I was thinking of Venom. Uh, oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gone to Hollywood now. He's doing very well. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he's in Star Wars as well. You know, he's yeah, in he Rogue was, One. He's in Rogue One. He's in Star Wars. I'm sure he's in the Avengers. Nah, nah, I don't. Yeah, think Rogue One. That's like one. Uh, you know, it's like it's probably a handful. So we're still very far. So that just proves that we do have the talent. He's lucky. He probably had people around him that nurtured his talent. Where most, you know, first gen, especially first gen, parents would, you know, squash it and be like, "No, you can't do that. It's, you know, bestie, which is dishonor." Like Niz mentioned earlier. Oh, I know. I know some people who are so strict. Um, they might have a child who's a genius, an absolute genius but they won't allow them to go study at one of the, I think they're called Uxbridge University, so like Oxford or Cambridge, just because they're worried they might um, become modern, you know, that derogatory term that we were talking about. And I just find it unbelievable that, that parents not only won't nurture talent outside of the regular desk job or degrees, but they won't allow their child to study at one of the top universities because they're scared of how they might deviate from their culture. That's shocking to hear, to be honest with you, because from my uh, dealings with the first gen, that is bragging rights. They'd love that. They would be like, yes, my son or my daughter's top, 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 the top, top university. Like, they love yeah. that. Yeah, but I think now the thing that they're worried about is, is when the children go to university, they meet people. And when they meet people, they might find their future partner. That's that's not that ch it's not the child's right to pick their partner. It's the parents' right. Yeah, but they need to wake up because in today's day and age, you can meet people sitting at home. Like, you know, you, you can connect to the whole entire world. Social media, like, this is the, the day and age we live in now. This is the time we live in. Yeah, unfortunately, they're now fighting technology as well, aren't they? With tech, especially with tech, I feel you can't fight it, you know, you have to adapt um, and you have to train yourself. I think where um, 
our gen the old generation go wrong is the problems that are out there, whether it's suicide, drugs, alcohol, whatever, they sweep it under the rug, they turn a blind eye onto it like it's not existing. It's happening. Like you've got to you've got to see it. It's really happening. It's happening to your kids. You're quick to point the finger like so and so and so and so's kids. No, no, yeah, no, your kids. But it's not. It's just getting worse. I think you're right. You're right with that. They hide it within the family. And they don't even allow the person to seek control because the mentality they have is we're going to sort it out within the house. It's not possible. You need to get outside support. And there is support available. There's there's support through your doctor. There's self-help. So you can actually personally refer yourself for support and get help. But no. The families want to hide it just in case it gets out and then it will be, again, that famous word, bestie. bestie. Exactly. Yeah. Your child is strung out on drugs or alcohol. They've got a problem. They need help. But you would rather pretend it doesn't exist. Don't give them the help. Let them ruin their lives, possibly end up dead, right? Just so that people won't hear about, oh, he's getting help or she's getting help with a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, all real 21st century problems that are happening to everyone in our communities too but yeah. the older generation pretend like they don't happen just because they pretend it doesn't mean they're not happening they actually are happening yeah they're less than forthcoming and i think it does make it worse within the family if anything if that person goes out of control to a certain level not only are you destroying that child's life you're destroying everybody else's life who's living in that household and your own health as well. I've, I've, I've seen it myself in lots of families up and down the country. Like I say, you have a problem. First thing is talk to someone you trust. And obviously it should be your family members. You should be able to speak openly. But unfortunately in our communities, you can't forget these taboo topics of drugs, alcohol, you know, simple things like marriages. Like kids are afraid to go to their parents and say, look, I want to marry this girl, I want to marry this guy because they're afraid how their family's going to react. Possibly kill him, according to Niz, from what, what you I told me earlier. That, yeah. So, yeah, no, he, he said he heard stories in the UK and stuff like that. I thought it was yes, more of in a the UK. Yeah. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh that's type problem. Well, yeah, that's what I would assume. But, yeah. No, it did, yeah, it did do. I've, I read it in a news article. It was, um, it was one of the northern cities. Um, uh, northwest cities where it happened, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was shocked. It was I was shocked it happened. I di I didn't think that existed here. But again, like I said, as immigration is still open, you're not going to stop that influx. The new people who come here maintain that culture, and it's not all bad, but it doesn't fit in well here. So let me guess, you're a Brexiter. No, I don't mind Brexit because I think the more you can travel, which is another thing as well, um, which we might 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 touch on is the only place we go on holiday, if you can call it a holiday, is Pakistan. Oh, yes. From <laughs> childhood to like mm, early 20s, um, the only holiday I ever went on was Pakistan. And my parents tricked me. I actually really believed I was going on holiday because I would go on an aeroplane first in my life. And I was like, yay, new country, yay. And then you go there and you've got family there that you don't even know, right? And then guess what? they got problems. And then they want to tell you their problems. See, see, Western people go on holidays to get away from their problems. It's a break. Hence, they call it a holiday, a break. When we go, you meet people and then they put the guilt trip on you. I swear down, I had relatives that didn't even know existed and guess what they have this perception that over here money grows on trees and i was some sort of like a million billionaire so they would all come and say listen i've got five kids and blah blah and i need this much like first time you've met me that's that's what you come out with like i know you're from england but you know i like if i stay they always want to put islam into it as well but for the yeah. sake of god can you give me a couple of you know dollars i'm like well i'm from the uk so we don't have dollars there we have pounds but no I i'm broke i don't even work just yet I'm 13 years old. What's wrong with you? You're 27. What are you asking me for money? But yeah. That's those, 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 those times are changing as well. I think I remember seeing a, uh, a documentary where they were talking about how people are taking 
they had earned money from this country and sorry not just this country but throughout Europe taking it back to Pakistan and building Gotia and Gotia meaning mansions but those mansions are sat there empty so you've just taken your hard-earned cash you've built a mansion and no one's living there but yet here or wherever you're from throughout Europe you'll sit with the heaters off jackets on to save on the heating bill why why not just not build that mansion and use that money here it's just so weird they want to keep that connection i can understand that you know it was their it's their motherland they were born and raised there they came here for one reason and one reason only to earn money and send it back home but then they invited their families over and slowly but surely stayed they didn't go back niz are you sure you don't work for the edl <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> that's not like a direct speech from them. Uh, I I do understand where you're coming from on that. Um, I feel like like I say, I think their biggest problem is they're stuck in a certain mind frame. You I, you've hit it there. Stuck. The first generation, so the first generation migrants, they're stuck because they remember their childhood being raised in Pakistan or where they came from, India, Bangladesh, you know, wherever they came from, and then. Here, they want to maintain that culture and maintain the the beautiful, you know, the nostalgic view of life. It was it was better in the olden days, so they're remembering that they want that. But then their kids here are looking at everything that's available, and they want to take advantage of it, including drama, not just dentist, doctor, accountant. Yeah, I think first generation immigrants try to make their home country culture into this country's culture and I don't think it worked it's like trying to make mango juice with oranges even if they got the colour and it kind of matched the taste will never match it'll never be the same what do you guys think? I like your analogy there mango juice and make it out of oranges, oranges yeah. I think that would taste nice as well <laughs> that, that goes straight to our topic about That's... food and drinks it's not the point so the point is they're trying to make something that's just not going to happen i'm going to try that now mangoes and orange let's see how that tastes actually that would be a good idea actually pattern that recipe and like i said the nostalgic view of the good old days they want to keep that but the youngsters have got new opportunities here that they need to allow them to you know take advantage of those if they love the country where they were born so much, then why won't they stay there? See, I knew he was working for Nigel Farage. This guy's <laughs> undercover. Let's get him out of here, Saul. No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being harsh, but it's, yeah. it's, I always, I always hear, hear that term. It's, oh, it was so great back home and it was this. Okay, if it was, then why are you not still there? Then I know they came here because jobs, money, security, I would say it's nostalgia, isn't it? I mean, when you were young, don't you think childhood was much better than what you've grown up to be? Yeah. I'm not trying to back them up here or something, just saying this is... No, but you are right. You are right. It is, it is nostalgia. I say to my kids as well sometimes, I say to them, oh, it was better in my day and age. But um, I, know, I, know the, I know they came over for a better lifestyle. I just don't know why they're still clinging to their culture. That's the thing I hate. No, I do. I do understand what you're saying. So obviously, when you're talking to your kids about back in the day, that's like a age thing. You, things were different then. But if someone's telling you, oh, it's better in point B and you're living in point A, you're thinking, well, if it's all good over there, why don't we move over there? So I do get that because it's not it's not like a outside force forcing them. It's them themselves saying it like, oh, it's much better there. Kids aren't better there life is better there then it's like well why don't you go there imagine saying that to them well our generation probably wouldn't because you probably end up in yeah but the new generation of kids that are born in bread they'd have no problem saying it i think that's pretty good that they can speak their minds um we're talking about generation three here not generation two let's get that clear yeah for the listeners so the new new what what they call generation what generation three so they'd be the kids of generation two yeah yeah. So yeah. our well, 
our kids if you want to put so it there a bit more it's a bit more blatant like you know uh like when i was young my dad said make a cup of tea or whatever i can never imagine saying no you make it yourself but i've actually heard my friends kids turn around to their dads and be like no you don't like my tea so you can make it yourself like legit just saying that like it's nothing but we wouldn't dream of saying that to our parents because like i said we were just brought up in a different sort of uh, environment we see as disrespectful that's why no it was fair it was obedience i think for me personally kind of if you're fair it's kind of loose if you're if you're in that state all the time yeah yeah yeah, yeah you are right and yeah. and it is it's it's like the idea of it's 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 that little nagging thing they put into your mind disrespectful that's beastly that's shame but then also you know, so it's about to the brainwashing as well, isn't back it? In, back in our day, you did used to get the few um, size 10s or the cane. So before yeah. they outlawed it. It was acceptable. So even in our day, it wasn't socially acceptable. Like a school teacher wouldn't yes. be violent with you. But that's it, Niz. So they kind of ruled with an iron fist. And it was all about fear. And in many households, it's like a dictatorship. It's not a right way or a wrong way. It's their way, and that's the only way. And it's got nothing to do with respect. It's got to do with obedience, and that's wrong. You can't force your values, your ideas, what you want on someone else. Yeah, because that's, that's not respect. If, if that's fair, then, if you push it onto them, that turns into fear. So, obviously, that generation was a generation of baby boomers. Baby boomers, obviously, as the, to- as the term goes, they had a lot of kids. Having kids is a responsibility. You both have kids. What what do you think your your number one responsibility is to have kids? I don't have kids. I have a lot of friends that have kids. I've read a lot of books. So I was interested to see your take on it. What's your main job for your kids? I needed a virus. Sorry, what was that? I needed a virus. What's that? Virus means somebody to continue the lineage. Oh, okay. No, I'm only joking. That's 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 our cultural point of view. You need a virus to continue the bloodline. No, for me, it's I've had kids and I want them to do what they love, to experience what they can without restricting them. Right, so? Oh, uh, not to repeat. Right. So any mistakes... Our forefathers did just make sure you know you learn and re- so, don't repeat, right? Uh, and you better yourself. So, to be a better parent than past generations, yeah. that's what I'm getting yeah, from you. That, that, that's what I come across. Yeah, from, from well, this, I try to, yeah, I try to. I'm saying, <laughs> right, from as yeah, being human and insane, we're gonna make mistakes. Yeah, no, I'm getting the same from this, and that, and that's the key. I'm seeing difference in the generation. So, from the first gen to our gen. Uh, I think our generation is understanding. My interpretation of being a parent is you're a shepherd and you need to just guide your kids because you can't control him. And here's where I think um, the first gen majorly messed up and it's how they view their kids. They don't view their kids as individual human beings, unfortunately. They see them as sacrificial lambs so they can do as they please. I gave you birth. I get, I fed you, you know, I raised you, you owe me your damn life. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, I would agree with that because um, that goes to what I was thinking because some people that I know of, they're in their 50s, uh, I mean 50 years old and so onwards, including ourselves, but the migrants' uh, generation still treats them like children. And I can't phantom why. Yeah. Like, oh, you know nothing. Yeah, I think we've grown up with the concept of you fly the nest, you know. So, so, so the second generation, which is we're talking about the children of the migrants who were born here, they've grown up in a culture of you fly the nest, you become independent. But the culture from Pakistan is you you remain a close knit family, regardless of what age you are, and you all stay in the same house. Yeah, it used to work, and it still works in Pakistan. The houses are big. Barely works. Small. Barely works. Do you know, if you, if I could tell you, so, families, friends, I've heard so many stories, it's like so many clashes there. And they, mind you, they have separate floors, separate kitchen, separate bathroom, and it still barely works. 
what do you think is happening to little cocoon houses in, in England? It's not exactly. going to work, is it? Yeah. If it's cocoon houses here, it's, uh, you know, semi-detached, you know, well, not even semi-detached, terraced houses where you've got small box rooms. In Pakistan, the, the large, large lands, large houses. And then there as well, because the lifestyle has changed, there you were a farmer and everybody worked together, close-knit. Now they don't farm any longer. They've got tractors. Before, you used to actually manually work the field. Now you've got tractors. Back to what Sol was saying. I agree with Sol there. And it, you could be 40, you could be 50, you're still a kid. But there's a little caveat to that. If they need something, you're old. You know, you, you can make the decisions. If you need to do something, well, you know, you're old enough. Why don't you do this? But when it goes against what they want, then, oh, you're just a kid. You're just a child. Yeah, I agree with that. It's very... Uh, there's a word for it. What's the actual word? It's very, I don't know if it's manipulative, but there is a word for it, you know. Do you mean a narcissist? That's the word. That's right, Sol. Yeah, uh, I see your point. You know, if they don't get it their way, then they're like... Don't be out of the pram, yeah. yeah. yeah they're they're, they're always, always right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no matter what. Even if they're wrong, they're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, on a matter of that, it's, uh, it can come to another major topic, marriage. Oof. So uh, he's going yeah, there. Obviously, you know the migrants, generation ones, they tend to have an opinion on how marriage works and how it should be, on how a person should get married anyway. But obviously, people that are born in this country, i.e., like ourselves, we have a point of view as well, and we sometimes don't think that fits their narrative, and they think it doesn't fit their narrative. So I think there's a bit of a clash in that concept. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So. We've got them who want to make the decision for us. And then we want the ability to have some kind of input in it, but they won't allow us. Yeah, but so if you just take it like Islamically, you're supposed to have a say because we're all Muslims. Whatever faith you are, you you abide by your religion. And marriage is usually a religious event in most cases. In Islam, you're supposed to ask the female first if she agrees, and then you ask the male it's never the parents' consent. It's always the, the couples, isn't it? That's, that that's... is a really good point. I've never seen an imam ask, ask the parents. They do. Uh, they ask, obviously, the males. Uh, they ask for witnesses. They're supposed to have three witnesses. Yeah, yeah. they're witnesses. They don't ask them, are you going to marry? Yeah. They're witnesses. I get him there. So there's a big difference there. Yeah, there's a big difference there. They're not asking for consent. They're asking for consent from the bride and the groom. And they just say, we need five witnesses who agree that they saw... Basically witnessed it, yeah, that this happened, that they actually agreed, just like you witnessed any event. Whereas I know in my dad's age, they would never question it. It would be, yeah, you asked me to get married, that's fine. Whereas today, you know, we can turn around and say, but wait a minute, the imam's asking me if I want to get married, and if I'm saying no, then why are you forcing me? Because shouldn't the imam ask you then? That's what I was saying, then they ask you. As an individual, because that's what happened in my... The, the imam does, yeah. Yeah, but what do you say then? Because you've uh, already been emotionally blackmailed. No, right? well, it wasn't. With me, it wasn't. But it's a different story anyway. I mean, I can't talk about everyone. Right. Well, that's the thing. Forced marriages is a thing because the UK government actually has a department for forced marriages. And it's you know, big. It, it's it's a know. real issue. Oh, in, I don't know. I can't. I can't really. No, no. I, I'm. I'm telling you, it's a massive issue in, in the Asian community. Like legit. Like I know so many people. I've heard so many stories. It, it's a huge, huge issue. It still is to this day and age. It's another one. Unfortunately, it's, it's another one of those things. As you were saying, they're, they're making decisions on long term, a person's lifetime. You know, you might tell them, "I'm telling you right now, you have to make my cup of tea. I don't care." Okay, I'm going to lose five minutes maybe 10. But when you turn around and tell someone, you have to do this job, you have to marry this person, you've basically set their life up until death. For years, yeah. You've you ruined years of their life. So if it's a career, it's long term, you've been forced into a career or you've been forced into a marriage, one day you're going to just wake up and be like, what the hell am I doing? You're going to either leave that job or, or leave that husband or wife, which is obviously caused more issues and turmoil, or you're going to stick with it and you're suffering silence. Uh, like I was telling uh, Niz, I think, the other day. So we came to Joe Rogan and he talked about how most men live quiet lives of desperation. And that's 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 another thing. I think this, is a, this has been a good talking session. In the Asian community, 
men have a real problem with talking about the psychological issues that they're facing. But I, I think that would affect everyone. It's not just South Asians. The most of the population. In this. All men. Gen yeah, all men. Generally yeah, you men. You don't want to talk yeah. about the feelings. Yes, That's generally the men. That's the, yeah, agree there. That's ge just generally men just are trained not to speak. You know, it's weakness or supposedly a, a form of weakness. In terms of the marriage aspect, uh, let's be clear. We're not talking about arranged marriages. There's two different. There's arranged, uh, which I believe Sol, if I'm right, you're, you're talking about arranged marriages because you never experienced that yeah. problem. And, yeah. Yeah. I would say arranged marriage myself, but so that's like I can't really comment on forced marriage because okay. I have never. So arranged was so so maybe if someone doesn't know what arranged is, just give a little background <laughs> on what arranged means. So arranged is like you meet the parents, like they film. <laughs> so first of all, uh, usually get the details of the potential bride or you know so-called fiance. Uh, Fiance, yes, that's a fiance, potential fiance. So what happens is uh, parents, uncles, or family member, they have the details. They tell you, right, this is potentially, are you interested? You can say yes or no. Say no, you know, you go to the next uh, and so on, so on. So let's just say you agree with it. You make, uh, you know, you make the day travel there. So the male has to travel all the time. She has to agree as well. If she doesn't, then obviously same concept, you know, you decline and move on. So you meet up there, you see the parents. Uh, if there are other siblings, you meet the siblings as well. Once you met them, uh, then you see the the potential person, bride, whoever you're supposed to get married to. Have a 15, 20 minutes, half an hour chat. If you're interested, she has the same concept as well, saying yes, I agree or not. And that's usually uh, you know, a simple format, but it's more detailed than that. But I tried to condense it as as limited as possible. That's usually a small snippet of how an arranged marriage works. So both people have choices. They're not told that, yeah, you're going to get married to that person. They turn around and say, okay, no, you move on. That's it. So it's a choice, not forced. So I just wanted to get that concept out because everyone's familiar with love marriage. You know, you find someone, you fall in love, you get married. So you're giving uh, a good example there. So key points have all been hit there. So you even get to speak to him, don't you? Your potential partner before yeah. marriage. Yeah. Uh, so before you meet the potential person, so you meet the parents, like I said first. Uh, once they, once you met them, the siblings, if the siblings are around, uh, if they haven't, then obviously you go uh, in a separate room. So it's just the two of you, to be honest with you. And you obviously have a little chat between yourself. And that sounds really great. And that's it to be honest with you and then and there on and then you have a couple of days to think about it you give an answer yes no or maybe meet up or you know potentially have another chat have another meeting all depends on it depends on the situation yeah you no. can say no you can say no whatever yeah i think we'll get a gist of that one um that sounds great um Dave as well do we let's give an example of a forced marriage so so you're not really familiar with forced marriages. Um, no. Um, how do we give an example? Um, Let's role play one. All right, cool. How do you okay, want to do this? So, so I'll be um, okay. I'll be the first gen, first gen dad. Let's say. Okay. And you can be the uh, second gen. Uh, who is born here? Okay, so let's try and summarize how a forced marriage would go down. Well, let's let's role play. Son, you're old enough to get married now and we've spoken to a few people and we found someone for you. Okay, who is it? Son, I've got some excellent news. You're at that age now where we need to find you a partner. Okay. We've had a look around and we found someone for you. Okay, uh... Who, who who is it? So, you know your auntie from your mum's side? She has a daughter. She's like ten aunties. I'm not sure you're talking about that. Well, it's the one who's in Pakistan. She has a daughter who is about the same age as you are. She has a degree. 
from such a such institution and she's currently working as a teacher in a school. Oh, my cousin, that one, I don't even know her. Well, they're from a reputable family. They've asked for your hand in marriage. You, do you know how lucky you are to get such a great Rishta? She will look after you and really care for you, unlike these British modern women. Well, Pakistan, my cousin, to, to be honest, I'm not really interested. Son, this is Basti. If you refuse this, you're cutting off the family's nose. How? If you refuse her hand in marriage, the family will stop talking to each other. They'll be naraz with us. But, but why? I've not even agreed to anything yet. Son, I've already spoken to them. And I said, it's guaranteed that you will accept their proposal. And turning back on my word now is shameful. Well, what am I supposed to do? I didn't give my Zaban. Is this why I raised you? Is this why your mother carried you for nine months? For you to refuse your mother and father's request? Do we not mean anything to you? It's not that. I just don't think I'll be happy with her. Son, I guarantee you she will make you very happy. She will change to be anything you want her to be. Dad, to be honest, I doubt that. and You can't really seriously guarantee me that either. Okay, this is going on for long enough now. You need to respect your elders. Islam teaches you to obey your parents. Your parents' decision is always the right decision. And this is final. Fine, do what you want then. Mubarak son, congratulations. This is the best decision you have made. So that's the role play over. Wow. I never would have thought that would go down like that, to be honest with you. Man, speechless. That's pretty much exactly how it goes down. It's, it's not all that quick. This, is, this stretches out over... Yeah. A week or so, or maybe sometimes months. months. You know, okay. if, a, if if the son or the daughter is able yeah. to refuse, for as long as they refuse, the parents continue to pressure Emotion, them and pressure Emotional them. blackmail, yeah. That first and second gen, I think that is, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah, so second and third gen is slightly different. Uh, I don't think they fall for it as much as the second gen fell for it. I'm sure Islam doesn't teach the parents to make a decision for the person. But yeah, I understand where it says about... You're quite right, Sol. So respecting elders, yeah. I know about that. Yeah, you, res you respect... Islam teaches you to respect your elders, but you don't have to obey them. There's a big difference between respect and obedience. Because in Islam, when you're getting married, as we mentioned, they ask the bride and the groom. They don't ask the father and the mother. But this is the issue where people are using Islam to enforce their culture. And that's wrong. Because then they're perverting Islam. That's wrong. I get where Niz is coming from. It's not Islam saying it. It's the it's that generation using culture. Islam, yeah, that culture, culture, yeah. Not using religion. Islam for their benefit or their gain basically for their benefit yes i see that so many times as well over and over again where when it benefits them islam comes into play but when it doesn't benefit them they don't mention islam they say oh it's okay okay that makes sense so from what i gathered it's culture and not religion yeah that's right we hope you really enjoyed this episode we tried something new. I think we, well, we gave our best attempt to cover this topic. Again, if you like what we did today, please let us know via social media. And in the future, we may do more episodes of this nature. Other than that, we'd like to thank you for staying with us today. Yeah, and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. So join us at the table next week. Bye. 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 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.